Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack the why behind our activity and how we connect it to our faith. Friends, I'm having conversations and exploring the journeys of others as we all help to build a theology of self-care, exploring how we care for ourselves by being active persons in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith. Welcome to episode nine. Today on the podcast, we have Deborah Lewis. Deborah is a pastor in the Virginia Conference. I know another pastor, but friends, these pastors have so many great stories to share. And especially today, we've got Deborah coming on to talk to us about limitations. Limitations. What happens when we have limitations in our life, whether those are limitations during a season or period, or whether we are encountering limitations to our actual abilities. Deborah is coming on today. She is sharing her journey about some injuries that she has been dealing with recently and the way that she has processed, the way that she has uh, gotten through, the way that she has just crushed some of these limitations to find new goals. She's had to to adjust. She's had to to move forward. And these are things, they're not just things that are going to help us in our active lifestyle. They're going to help us because when we know how to care for ourselves in our limitations, we can help to know how to love ourselves more again so that we can know how to love our neighbor more. So all of these discussions that we have in this podcast, hopefully they help to build us up so that we can build that theology. And today, again, is one of those episodes. So let's dive into Deborah's journey. Let's hear her story and let's explore this nature of limits in our lives. All right, welcome in today. Today we have Deborah Lewis with us. What uh, what an amazing person that we have an opportunity to journey with today. Deborah, why don't we start as we always do? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? And how are you active? Uh, so my name's Deborah Lewis. I'm an elder in the Virginia Conference, and I serve as the campus minister at the Wesley Foundation at UVA in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I'm from Virginia, but closer down to where you're serving. I grew up in Hampton and Williamsburg, but I've been in Charlottesville for a long time and definitely feels like home. Um, I think I've forgotten one of your questions. How, how are you active? How am I active? Well, my main favorite form of activity is swimming. So um, here comes the Enneagram uh, portion of your show. I'm a four and there's not enough of us on here. And uh, that's fitting because I think I'm your first uh, full-fledged swimmer to come on. So uh, first one I've heard anyway. Yeah. Um, and we like to be different. So there you go. I'm not a runner. Um, but uh, swimming is my main form. I also do yoga and walk and do some resistance work and occasionally get to hike or something like that. But most weeks swimming, yoga, walking. I think you join Alex Joyner in the great list of fours that I've interviewed yep. in the first handful of episodes on this podcast. This is uh, uh, this is episode eight. So that means that 25% of my interviews have been with Enneagram fours. That's rough math there, but uh, uh -huh. yeah. And then uh, like Deborah said, a swimmer. So I'm trying to branch out in terms of types of activity. It's Sometimes it's a little hard because I think like we've said before, you know, swimming, I mean, uh, walking, running, sometimes those are very easy activities to do. All you got to do is just go out the front door and maybe find a sidewalk or a trail somewhere. Swimming, sometimes you got to find uh, a rec center or a gym or a pool or something like that. Uh, but it's always nice to find uh, other types of activity just so that people know it's it's not just walkers, it's not just runners, we're not just cyclists. There are so many ways that our bodies can move, and there are so many ways, depending on how you how you feel your body moves for you to move. So, Deborah, you love to swim, you love to do yoga, you love to walk, hike, all these things. Uh, but why are you active? Um, I, so I serve on the board of ordained ministry and I serve on one of the committees that asks people the kinds of questions that you're asking people here. 
And one of the things that I noticed is that a lot of clergy people, and I know it's not only clergy who listen to your podcast, but here we go again. Um, a lot of clergy talk about, uh, and a lot of people in general talk about being active so that they can do all the things that there's other things they're supposed to do in life, their job, their family, whatever. And one of the things I really like to hear from people and that I try to remind myself about is that we take care of ourselves, which includes being active, because God wants us to. Like, end of story. That's enough. I don't have to do it in order to be 25% more productive at my job. I do it because my body's good, right? We worship an incarnate God. So these, these bodies, as much as we struggle with them sometimes, are holy and they're good. And there are places where we can meet the divine. And we see that in Jesus. And so I tried to remind, there's lots of other reasons too. I realized I jumped straight to theology on you, <laughs> but that's such an important one because it's easy for me to overlook too. And so I like to remind myself and other people because I need the reminding. And fun fact, uh, I sat in a room while Deborah interviewed me when I was going for <laughs> ordination just a few years back. Uh, and I know, uh, so David Vaughn, so in the United Methodist Church, for those of you who aren't Methodist, for those of you who aren't clergy, we have a, a bit of an intense ordination process that clergy go through before they are finally, quote unquote, ordained. Um, and part of that is, are these interviews before board members like Deborah, uh, like previous guest David Vaughn was on the board. Alex Joyner, I believe, has helped out with the board uh, yep. through many of his different avenues. And uh and, and part of that, that that I've brought up before is this nature in which uh, people who are interviewing potential clergy want to make sure that clergy know that they are caring for themselves as much as they are looking forward to caring for other people. Because like Deborah says here, you know, there's so much that goes into whether you're clergy, whether you are a layperson working in another vocation, that if we can't take care of ourselves outside of work, how are we ever going to take care of ourselves when we get into work, or how are we ever going to feel that we have the energy and ability to take care of ourselves in those environments? And so this becomes such an important and pivotal conversation. And a little bit behind the reason of why I invited Deborah on here, as we begin to talk about and unpack what an active lifestyle can look like for us, what it means to be active, and especially for Deborah, and a little bit about what Deborah has already told me, when we approach limits in our activity. So Deborah, why don't we explore uh, maybe just your recent uh, nature of activity and what you've been going through the past, I think you said it's been about the past Past year or so? Um, uh, it's been a couple years. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, as I already mentioned, I'm a swimmer. Um, I swam in high school and middle school, um, was not ever the best or fastest, but had a lot of fun. And then for the most part, didn't swim for about 20, 25 years, something like that, any kind of regular basis, and then got back into it. And as I got back into it um, in my 40s, I also, for the first time, started getting into open water swimming. So that is, there's a lot of different names. Some people in Great Britain call it wild swimming, but basically not in a swimming pool, no lines, right? So an ocean, a river, a pond, a, well, maybe not a pond, a lake, um, open bodies of water. So um, I've done a few races, still not the best or the fastest, but probably better than I was in high school and was really enjoying it. Had, you know, worked for, uh, from one mile to two miles. My brother lives in Sarasota, Florida, and there's a race there, which I hope makes it through COVID in a few more years till I can get back. That's called Swim Around Lido Key, which is exactly what it sounds like. You swim around, you have a kayaker, you swim around the island. So that's a seven mile race. So I was kind of working my way up to that. I had done a four mile um, open water swim in Vermont in the summer of 2019 and thought, okay, I've done half of it. I'm gonna try to do this the next spring, which was April of 2020. Um, that obviously got canceled or should be obvious by now that things in spring of 2020 got canceled. But as I was working up to that in the fall and the winter of 2019, 2020, I was doing, I thought I was doing a good plan that wasn't too aggressively uh, adding mileage, but 
my, one of my shoulders started bothering me here and there. And that's what happens to swimmers sometimes, right? Like you, it hurts. It does not necessarily bad thing. I was definitely increasing mileage. I thought it's probably fine. Was a little concerned about it in January. By February, I talked to my doctor about it and uh, he gave me a cortisone shot as a first step and said, after that, we could do x-rays or scans or whatever. And about, I don't know, two or three weeks after the cortisone shot, during which he told me not to swim at all, um, then all the pools closed (laughs) because of COVID. So um, in that sense, I wasn't limited any more than any other swimmers uh, in the middle of COVID. A a lot of people got outside and walked and ran, and a lot of swimmers lamented because we could not just do that. And most of us in February and March, it was too cold even for outdoor swimming. Um, But I actually was kept out of the water uh, and in physical therapy for over a year working on my injury. I didn't have to have surgery, which is good, but apparently I have the all-time record for how long I was in physical therapy for not having had surgery uh, with my particular therapist. Um, And then, um, so that was, I saw, started seeing him in June of 2020 and stopped in like early July of 2021. And he said, uh, and I was, had started swimming in the spring of 2021 again, but I had to go incredibly incrementally. So before all of this, kind of my baseline, I don't have very much time to swim. I'll just swim a mile. That was my mentality. That was a mile was a down and dirty. I'm just going to get something done today. Not a big deal workout. Um, I had to start at uh, about 900 yards, which is not even half a mile and work up incredibly slowly. Uh, So it took me from April of 2021 until probably about August to get up to being able to swim a mile safely again without re-injury. So, and I'm continuing to swim. Uh, The extra little quirk in that story is that during all of that, I started having problems with an old ankle injury, uh, which I had, supplanted the swimming with some extra walking. And uh, several times as I was going walking, I was almost completely immobilized because I had some hardware in my ankle that had started to cause problems with some tendons and nerves. And so I had to have that out in this last fall of 2021, which meant another period of quarantine and being out of the pool before and after the surgery. So all of that to say, uh, that may have been a longer story than you wanted, but I, um, I had some limits that overlapped with the limits that all swimmers faced during, um, COVID during the height of COVID, the beginning part. Um, but also some injuries from overuse and overtraining, which wasn't what I was intending to do, but somehow ended up there. And then some completely non-related injuries that also made me have to stop and then start again. Um, so, I've been thinking a lot about limits. Um, you know, what can I do? What should I do? What's good for me to do? Um, how do I get out of my head that a mile is the very basic mode? You know, like what would that be in runner's terms? Three miles, a three mile run is like, just oh. a no, no, I don't mean, I mean, like if you thought I don't really have time to run. I'm just oh, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. What would two, that mile? Yeah, it's probably two, three miles. For me, probably right. about two or three miles. For right. others, and it I might had, be a mile. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So for you, that's, you're like, I've got a meeting in an hour. I'm going to get this run in and I can put yeah. a clean one. Right. So I've, I've had to, uh, it's, I'm still tempted to think that way. And right now I'm able to think that way again with where I am in my swimming, but I've had to also say being able to swim two or three days a week and not hurt myself and feel like I'm getting stronger is good and is progress. And, um, you know, when I hurt myself, I was swimming five or six days a week minimum. Um, I did try to take a rest day, but I also just love swimming. Part of it is it's part of my prayer life too. Mm-hmm. I, I have a fancy watch that you could text me on, but I absolutely refuse to get texts on it because when my head's in the water, I do not want a call or a text or anything else going on. And so um, that, that was also really hard for me, just being out and away from that space, that sort of womb-like space where I also encounter God and can just be very in the moment and not as much in my head and more fully in my body. So 
um, those are a few thoughts. I'm going to pause because I'm yeah. on a long time. <laughs> and I think, well, and I think that there's this relation for a lot of us. I know while you were talking, I, my mind immediately just went to, I mean, yeah, I get little niggles and, and, and pains all the time. And, you know, activity in and of itself is about listening to your body, right? I've talked about that before on a couple of other episodes and stuff like that. But, you know, we listen to our body and sometimes our body says, whoa, 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 not so fast and slow down, stop. You know, last year in 2021, I dealt with some tendonitis in my foot that took me away from running for six weeks. And I swear I probably annoyed the living daylights out of my physical therapist because every time I walked into therapy, I was going three times a week. Every time I walked into therapy, I was like, can I run today? And you could just see her eyes roll. Like this guy is psychotic. All he wants to do is run. And and so I think for those uh, in activity, there's that nature in which we have that drive to be active. We want to be active. Um, and there's that part of us that wants to be active. There's always that small part of the brain that's like, oh, like another mile or, you know, we all, we have, we all have that part too. But when we can't be active, is when we realize truly and fully how much we love being active. And so I think one of the things that I love that you identified is there are these limits that are in our lives, whether they're physical limits, they're mental limits, whatever they are, whether, and, and their presence either, I mean, it keeps us grounded, right? It keeps me from going too hard from maybe it keeps me from running a hundred miles a week if I might want to, or for you swimming, you know, a, a eight mile swim in a day or something like that, uh, you know? Um, and so as we, we dive into limitations, we begin to identify in our lives and you've identified there's different kinds of limitations in our lives. There are those limitations where it's like, ow, that hurts. Maybe it's something that I need to, maybe it's something that's going to change or impact the way that my I'm active and then there's like those limitations where it may cause us to like pause for like a moment in order to better know and understand how we can move past those limits. So let's explore those natures of limits because I think you lifted up in your story those different kinds of limits where it's like, okay, here's a limit and it's going to stop me. And it might stop you for a season or it might stop you for a while. And then there are those limits where, all right, this is going to stop me for like a moment. And then I need to figure out how to go past that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you talked about the shoulder injury. You talked about the ankle injury. You talked about uh, that, that five letter word that many of us are tired of hearing COVID, you know, you <laughs> talked about all of these different things. So when you have a limitation, when you see a limitation in your life, what is the process? What is the mindset that you begin to go through when you see that limitation, how do you differentiate? Well, I don't know if I have any one way of approaching. I think a lot of it has to do with what else is going on in life and uh, how open I am to learning something or pushing through or, you know, mm -hmm. um, how much I am or am not wrestling with God around that limit at the moment. So, um, I will say that I was really similar to you at the beginning of my shoulder injury when I was in physical therapy. I, um, you know, every single time I would say, can I swim yet? Because, <laughs> because some of the pools started opening again when I first was in therapy and it was warm weather. So there were lakes available and things like that. And he would say, not yet, not yet, <laughs> for a really long time. And, um, but then by the time I was able, by the time I was released from physical therapy a little over a year later, and I was swimming, I was very like slowly, uh, you know, his prescription was for me was you can go up 10% of your mileage after two weeks at that mileage with no problems. And that's, that was the only prescription he gave me. So that is why I went extremely slowly. It took me a really long time. But when he released me from uh, shoulder therapy, by then I was in therapy for the ankle. So I was still seeing him. But on the last shoulder visit, he said, look, you're going to be fine. 
he recognized that I had start that I had listened so well to him that I wasn't reticent. I was happy to be swimming again, but I really I was afraid of re-injuring myself. And he said, "You're good. You're strong. You just you know if you swim and you swim a little too much or it bothers something bothers you that day, you don't need to think I've totally wrecked my shoulder again. Just go easier." Like, you know, like take a day off, pay attention, kind of like what you're saying, listen to your body. And so that was kind of a helpful permission too, that there's a limit, but not all limits, you know, some, some, some things are cautions and some things are stop signs, right? You know, so take it, take your mileage down a couple of days or give yourself an extra rest day or do yoga today, tomorrow, instead of swimming and wait two days to swim. Those that's a kind of limit, even without stopping swimming, um, that's different, um, than, than stopping altogether or then saying, okay, well then I'll go back to 900 yards again or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, but w- one of the other funny things that happened, well, it's funny now, it, it really hasn't been very funny. Uh, I saw a swim coach during that time too. Cause I thought I want to make sure I know all the shoulder exercises to do. I'm holding myself differently, but if there's something wrong with my stroke that I'm unaware of, and it's really hard in the water, cause you can't look at yourself in a mirror, like with mm. weights well. or whatever, um, <laughs> then I'm not going to know. And I might yeah. do it again. So I, um, found somebody to meet with and, because he, he wanted me to go really slowly too. And he wanted me to do some kick sets so that I had time in the water and was building up stamina, but I wasn't, um, use overusing my arms. And he suggested getting some fins for my feet, which I had never done before. So I got the fins and I got to use them about two weeks, but the fins were kind of the final straw in realizing something was wrong with my ankle. And that's when I started seeing an orthopedist because the extra, you know, torque or weight of the water with the fins or really, um, put the kibosh on that. So, um, I guess the point of that story is, which I'm glad I'm laughing at a little bit right now, is that the limit in one area got me to explore something else, but then that ended up being limit too. And so that was really frustrating. There were, mm-hmm. there've been a lot of frustrating moments, um, for me in the particular last couple of years, uh, of my journey and, you know, just being outside in the sun, getting some fresh air, which is, I like, I prefer to swim outside, even if it's in a pool in the summer. Um, and likewise, I enjoy going for a walk in the neighborhood, even if it's not, uh, you know, a five mile run like you do or whatever. Um, but being unable to do that sometimes also because of the ankle injury was, was a real problem. Sometimes even certain yoga poses, the stretch was too intense yeah. for either my shoulder or my ankle. And so I would, you know, gotten into doing yoga on uh, a video site and, um, it's fantastic. It's called do yoga with me.com. They have a lot of free ones, but they also have, you can do subscription services. And so there's some teachers that I've come to really trust and like there. And they're just parts that I had to sit out for a long time, even when that was my main form of, of exercise. So I don't know if I actually answered your question, steer me back if I didn't. Well, and so, you know, let's focus on those frustrating times. So when when it gets frustrating, when those limitations, when you just, you know, you want to be out there, you want to do something, your shoulder injury leads you to find out about your ankle injury, you know, the ankle injury prevents you from just doing anything. What's like, what's the, what, what do you center back on? What, what pulls you back in to maybe help you find, okay, like I can push through this limitation. Cause I, I, knowing you, I know that, you know, you're thinking, you're, you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, you know, the shoulder surgery, I got to get the shoulder better. Like once it gets better, I'll be able to swim. Once my ankle feels better. Once I do the work on that, like I'll be able to, you know, X, Y, Z. But I think we can all name times in our lives where it just, it feels like one thing after another, it just comes at us like every day, every minute, and it gets frustrating. And so like when you get in those frustrated moments, what is the thing that centers you back? What, what helps keep you focused maybe on that end goal, getting back to that active lifestyle, you know, centering, what is that one thing or two things or three things, however many it is? (laughs) Well, I think, you know, I've been trying to 
um, practice more compassion towards myself and to extend more grace towards myself and to receive the grace that is already there uh, that I sometimes um, am not as open to as I might be. Um, you know, this last fall when uh, after my ankle surgery to remove hardware and everything, I had a recovery period where I was completely non-weight-bearing, which meant using crutches, which really annoyed my shoulder, which had healed, but did not like that. Um, so yes, frustration upon frustration. But during that time, for example, where I really couldn't do anything, I wasn't allowed to, my foot was in this big thing. I wasn't allowed to submerge it. I couldn't put weight on it. So everything was out, including yoga really. Um, I just tried to pay a lot of attention to how I got myself to the kitchen, you know, like that was as active as I could be. And so, uh, in my case, I watched my calories, uh, so that I wasn't taking in more than I was <laughs> expending since I couldn't expend very much, but I also just tried to be really thoughtful about how I moved, uh, on crutches or on the scooter, which we eventually got so that my shoulder would be happier. Um, and, and try and tried to be thankful that I still could use my arms and my, that my other leg was strong enough, um, to pull me through that time. Um, you know, one of the things I don't know if this is how all people are when they're really young, or if it was just me, but when I was really, when I was young, when I was in high school swimming, I never noticed feeling great after a swim. Like I would be glad it was over. <laughs> I would be glad if I wasn't the last one. Um, but I didn't notice the days I swam and the days I didn't, how my body felt. It took a long time for me to notice that probably at least until my thirties or forties. And so I don't know how common that is, but for me, that's how it was. And, um, that's one of the things that I go back to the two that I center on now is to not try to think so much in terms of like, ah, I got X number of miles in, or I did this many hours or minutes of yoga or walking or whatever, but to think about whether I'm able to do those things or not, how does my body feel today? And what does it need? And how did that exercise make it feel? Um, so that I'm not just trying to do gold stars across a chart um, but that I'm in a relationship with how active I'm being and how it feels and do I need more or less? Um, I still don't know if I'm really answering your questions, Andrew, but no, they're good questions. <laughs> no, this is good. And, and if, and if I could encourage one thing, you know, I think I relate a lot to when I was in high school, I swam when I was in high school. Uh, I did cross country. I did track. I played soccer. And I think one of the things uh, especially when we're younger, one of the things that I wish I had a coach that would tell me is, is keep track of those things. And that's one of the things that I do. So I've got a running journal where after every run, you know, I'll do, I, I do what I call a body inventory. And I just say, all right, what hurts? What feels okay? What's just muscular growth pain? What's like actual physical pain? Um, I've got my trouble spots. So like my Achilles are always things that are uh, giving me issues, my, my shins, I get shin splints a lot. So I really try and pay attention to those things. I mean, those are great ways, again, being in tune with your body. And as we approach the limits, the, the physical limits of our bodies, recognizing that, okay, maybe we don't push too much past the limits of where we are right now. So like, if I feel my, if I feel pain in my shins, you know, maybe like you said, maybe I take a day off. Maybe I, maybe I incorporate a little bit more rest so I don't go over the limit of where my body thinks it can go. Because then once I get into that state of recovery, I can then maybe go past that limit and I can be faster, stronger, however we want to define our nature mm -hmm. of growth. Not that we have to always define growth by being faster or stronger or whatever, you know, society tells us, but so that we can measure that growth. And I, and so it changes the ways in which we talk about growth and improvement. And so when you think about the limits that you've had in your life, you know, what does growth and improvement look like when 
we're talking about physical limitations, when you're talking about a, a season of injury, when we're talking about um, a season of inactivity and whatever the reason is, you know, I've had periods in my life where just my anxiety has kept me from running, where I have just been so anxious that I'm like, I physically can't go for a run today. How do we, how, how, how do you, for you, because I, I do try and lift up that we're not experts, but we're bringing, we're only bringing right. our own journeys, our own understanding into this. So in those times, how do you define growth? How do you define improvement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a moving target because, you know, we're all limited. I mean, the, the Winter Olympics are coming up and it's easy to watch something like that and think, I'm going to try X yeah. I'm gonna be super inspired and maybe a little too ambitious. Let me go grab my us. broom and try curling. <laughs> right. But I mean, even those people have limits, right? Yes. There is a limit to what a body can do anybody yes. at any time. And certainly my limits are greater than theirs in a lot of ways. Um, and as we age, most of us experience more limits. Um, you know, it's interesting when I look at swimmers and age group times for some of the open water races I've done and things, there's certain periods where people tend, it, it, in swimming, it is not always the case that you, you know, go downhill from 40 in one little slide. Actually, a lot of people go up for a bit in swimming. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have some of the same stresses that other sports do. Um, and it, so anyway, so there's possibility for improvement, I guess, for a while for many of us, but at some point you're not going to be faster. You will have already passed what you are as your fastest. I think again, you're right. Not an expert in any kind of anything, but, um, so I think that's where I love the idea that you talked about keeping the journal of not just how many miles did I run, but was it hot? Had I eaten? What does my body feel like before and after, you know, could I go another mile or not? Whatever it is you write in there. And I think, you know, for most of the races that I do, I have an idea of what I would like or what I think might be possible in terms of time, but I usually have something else, um, something else too, that is about, that the race is about. So for example, um, one of the reasons I like open water swimming, if it's in a, in a lake, sometimes it's a big round route where you go around buoys, mm -hmm. but I did a, a race in, um, in a river in Charleston, South Carolina, a few years ago, where you start up river and you swim to the mouth of the bay. Um, and they, anyway, so I like that idea of going from here to there under my own power. It's kind of the way I feel when I'm backpacking, right? Everything I need is on my back and I've mm -hmm. gone from here to there and I did it. Um, so even if I didn't do it the fastest, even if everybody else who I was with had to wait for me to finish, I still did it. You know, that those are, there's other markers, um, besides speed, besides total distance that are meaningful to me and just being engaged, right. Being mm -hmm. engaged. I know that you run with a group. Yep. It's hard. We can't really talk and swim at the same time. <laughs> in, Sounds in, like you're not trying hard enough, <laughs> but I do have swimmer friends, right? And there you go. There Facebook you go. Groups and things like that yes. too, where we encourage one another or we meet up at a race or whatever. Um, and, or we swim somewhere together so that we're not swimming alone, all those kinds of things. Um, so again, I feel like I just keep starting to ramble Andrew and lose. No, the you're good. Question, but yeah. I, to me, it's important, you know, another thing that I like about open water swimming is that there, well, I don't like this part, but it provides an opportunity. There aren't a lot of places in Virginia that have good open water uh, races and lakes, mm -hmm. um, and lakes or rivers, really. There's a few at the ocean. There's a couple in the James, but we don't have a lot of great lakes. Um, I have family who have a house in New York on a lake and I can swim there, which is really fun. But, um, when I go other places that do like South Carolina or North Carolina or Vermont, uh, for a swim, that's part of the experience too, right? I, I'm learning something about that state and that area by, 
putting myself, diving in literally mm -hmm. and, uh, and being in their environment in a way that I wouldn't be if I were just a tourist. So some of that is part of what I'm looking for too, and part of how I'm improving. And, um, but I'm not sure that improvement is the thing is, is my word, especially as I get older, I think, um, continuing to sort of be in it is as important as, um, you know, especially as a lot of things got taken away and, and I was thwarted from doing some of the things I wanted to do, um, uh, even more than normally in those last couple of years, um, just still holding on to my identity as a swimmer, holding on to my identity as someone who moves their body with regularity, even when I had to keep trying new things. Um, that's part of how I, how I measure improvement, even mm. though it's not, you know, faster, longer. And I think it's a, a healthy mindset, even as we approach activity in a general sense as a community in the active faith community is, you know, sometimes when we have limits impressed upon us, whether, you know, it's because of our actual physical limitations or something else, it, it may be, it may be something where it's like, okay, maybe I need to shift how I define improvement, how I define growth. You know, I know that at some point in time, you know, we we start to get slower, right? And so maybe uh, I had a, a friend when I lived in Richmond who was on a racing team uh, who was in his 50s. And I'm talking about trying to go for like my personal lifetime best. And he said, oh, I stopped going after those a long time ago. Every year, I just try and do the best that I can. Um, and so maybe it's about transitioning the goals that we have uh, mm -hmm. so that, you uh, you know, whether it's I want to stay in shape or I want to stay in a certain kind of shape um, or maybe our goal is to build community. You know, it's it's those kinds of things that help us to push forward. And so in that way, sometimes the limitations teach us something about ourselves in mm -hmm. that if if this is a limit I have, even if I can make it past this limit, you know, maybe it's teaching me something that I need to learn about myself as I continue on in this active journey. And I love, uh, I, I picked this quote out as, as we were talking and as you sent me some of your thoughts on limits. And I love this quote. You wrote, um, to be human is to experience limits. Sometimes we are called to and can overcome them. Other times the call is to live with and adapt. It's not always clear which kind of limit we are experiencing in the midst of it. And I love yeah. that quote because as I, I mean, like, as I thought about that and as I was preparing notes for this, this episode, and as I was thinking about what, you know, where this, what the direction of this episode was going, I, I love that line to be human is to experience limits. And I think when we look even beyond our active journeys, beyond being active, but just as a nature of being human, and we continue to look at this uh, point of building a theology of self-care, that when, we, when it comes to caring about ourselves, it is recognizing that there are times in our lives where we will be limited and it is about how we respond to those limits that then build that sense of both self-love and neighborly love in our lives. And so when we go after those limits, when we start working in the midst of those limits, you know, how are we responding to them? How do we overcome them? How do we work in the midst of them? How do we adapt to them? And I think for me, as I look out and as I look at the current state and nature of the church, as I look at the current state and nature of society, and I see all of these different limits, right? You know, we've, oh, we can only do this. Uh, or, you know, when it comes to COVID, we have to care about the economy. We have to care about public health. We, uh, you know, it's, it's all of these different things. And have we ever stopped and really considered, okay, what's at stake in this? You know, are we called to live with, like now there's this whole conversation about living with COVID for the rest of our lives. And so are we as a society, are we as a church in a mindset where we can adapt to these limitations? And I think when we have conversations like this about talking about the limitations that maybe you've had in your swimming journey and how you've had to adapt, how you've had to learn, how you've had to overcome, you know, the shoulder injury, the ankle injury, uh, 
COVID closing down pools, not being able to make it to open water in the cold winter time. I mean, what has that taught you in terms of maybe some of the other limits that we experience in life too? Mm, gosh, there's a lot in there. Um, I'm really just thinking a lot about grace and compassion. I know I said that earlier, but, um, and even before, you know, the points you were just making and the question you just asked, when we were talking about improvement, you know, I mentioned before that when I was younger, I just didn't notice how my body felt with exercise, you know, I would notice if I had a lot of lactic acid and they, my muscles were really sore. I, well, I hiked a long time yesterday, but I didn't think about what to do about that or how to prevent that or how to live with that. I just thought, oh, that's what happens, but I'm hiking. You know, um, And uh, I wasn't really having the same kind of conversation, I guess, with my mm -hmm. body as I feel like I'm trying to have now. And so I guess technically when I was younger, maybe I could have swum faster than I could swim now uh, because of age and all of that. But I actually feel like I'm a better swimmer now. Um, and part of that is the attention that I pay to swimming in a way that I didn't and to how my body feels. But some of it is how I treat myself, including my body the rest of the time too. Um, and I think the way I'm connecting those thoughts to the question you just asked is that I hear a lot in the church right now of people saying like, uh, just, just this longing often expressed pretty directly to get back to mm -hmm. normal. And um, that often comes in a conversation where people are saying that the young families have left the church and have not come back, even when some have, there's some things happening at church again in person and others have come back, um, or they're just, or whatever groups, but I've heard, heard that from people. And I understand that longing. And I think it's important for us as a community of people who are getting real with each other, I hope to express the things that we long for. But sometimes the things we long for are disordered, right? Mm -hmm. Or out of touch or, or something that we have to move beyond. And I wonder about a way to express the longing and the grief that comes with things not being how we thought they would be, but also making room to say, okay, if it's going to be forever <laughs> uh, or if things are not going to go back. How could we think about, you know, a different relationship to how it feels right now and to what it is to be together, mm -hmm. you know? And so, so sometimes I think, and this is easy for me to say, because I'm in a campus ministry and we have some of those same concerns and some other ones that are different. Um, but, you know, sometimes I think, well, what if we just said, okay, well, we're not focusing at all on Sunday morning anymore. What if we're doing, what if your running group is part of church? Yeah. What if somebody's knitting group is part of, you know, I, I start wanting to get creative and to say, well, where are the life-giving parts in your life and your community right now? And how can church help lift those up and be part of that and explore that instead of saying, but you should be here mm -hmm. <laughs> at X time on X day. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's think, how I'm connecting those things. Yeah, there was a meme that was making the rounds on social media. I think it was last week or the week before that that was like, you know, oh, you know, we need to get past the pandemic because people need to be back in church or, you know, uh, kind of bashing virtual worship because people are worshiping alone on their couch and they're excluded from community. And, and I had felt this like uneasiness about it because at in in my core i'm like well it's not like completely true and i think that that hits the nail on the head is in a lot of ways you know as i look at the way that we've struggled in this pandemic as a society and as i think about the ways that i struggle through my active journey the ways that it sounds like you struggled in your active journey probably many of our listeners have struggled as well i, there, I mean there's so many parallels because it comes to that right um as we grow older, we learn more about ourselves. We learn more about our bodies. We learn more about how they move. And we recognize that 
Sometimes they don't move as fast. Sometimes they move in different ways. Um, you know, my running form had to completely change after I had my ACL surgeries. Cause like running on knees are weird. Uh, the knees support the knees and ankles support like almost a hundred percent of your body weight. And so, you know, you got to learn how to run on them new. And I think to myself, okay, that means I've got to learn how to do this differently. I've got to adapt. I've got to, and then in that adaptation, uh, I overcome, I overcome those limits that I had. And I think when it comes to talking about maybe the spiritual side, when it comes to talking about the cultural side of things, that as we look, it's, it's a direct reflection of, again, how we love ourselves, how we care for ourselves can be a direct reflection of how we care for our neighbor. And I'm not saying that people who don't love their neighbor, who, who aren't, you know, X, Y, Z on this side, um, aren't taking care of themselves. Um, but I think that, you know, when we look at what it means to care for our neighbors in the midst of this pandemic, I think a lot of the people who I see who have done it well are ones who have been able to adapt, ones who have been able to adjust, one of ones who have been able to to maybe think differently, um, to view differently. I mean, I'm I'm at a church, you know, we're worshiping in person, and we're still only worshiping about fifty percent of where we were pre-pandemic. And they're like, oh, it's because of the masks. It's it's because we do this. It's because we do this. And I'm like, and, and at one point in time, I was just like, but what if it's not? Like, I mean, we can have that yeah. thought process and say, you know, oh, they're not coming because we're making people wear masks or because we want people to be vaccinated when they come or because we are wearing, because we're not wearing masks and people want to be safe. But what if people just, they, they want, they have a different understanding of church than yeah. we have in the past. And I think that our approach to limitations can teach us those kinds of things. Yeah, I, you know, there's not anyone, regardless of masking and vaccination debates and misinformation, there's not a single person in the world who hasn't experienced some limits in mm -hmm. the last couple of years, just on the basis of COVID alone. Yeah. Right. So not, we've all had other limits too, because we're people, but, um, so I'm really, my, my, my husband likes to call me Plannery O'Connor because I really enjoy setting a good plan. I'm a writer, but I also really enjoy setting a good plan out and following it and having something on the calendar. And this has been a really hard time for me to, to be able to, to have to say over and over and over and over again to friends, family, people at work, my own self, like, well, Friday's three days away from now. That's a long time. Yeah. We'll see if it happens. Like that's just <laughs> not my normal. Normally I'm like, what are you doing on the second Friday in June? Because yeah. my calendar's getting full. That's <laughs> nor that. So it, I still feel the difference, you know, on yeah. a daily basis between those two things. Um, but you know, all of us have. And so, and I, and to varying extents, we've also all real had real experiences of grief. And mm -hmm. I think some of that is around those. Obviously, there's been a lot of death and sickness and um, missing people and that kind of thing. But um, but also just right. Like I hear grief in the stories that you're telling about your church. Right. Yeah. And so whether it's somebody who's like, I wish we could stop wearing masks or somebody who says, if you would all just wear masks, you know, yeah. like whichever one of those it is, there's there's grief mixed in with all the other things as well. And um, I'm not sure we've I, I, I'm cautious to jump too quickly to conclusions when we're still in the middle of things uh, and to, you know, and to hem myself in from really continuing to experience what's happening. Um, but I do think that's a good place for people to reflect on limits. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are the limits that you've either chosen or have been imposed on you or both in the last couple of years, not, you know, beyond physical activity and what have you railed against? What are you learning about that? What have you decided to adopt? Because, Hey, that was, that was helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even, even considering something like a rest day in a sense, that's a limit, right? I'm yeah. limiting the amount of activity in order to be as active and healthful as I can um, throughout the week, not just on this one day. 
I think one of the things that that really stands out from this is that, um, you know, wherever you are, when a limitation comes in front of you, when you encounter a limitation, I think the best thing that we can do is ask, okay, how can I move forward instead of where can I go back to that was comfortable? Mm -hmm. And I think as we look at physical activity, that becomes the question, right? You know, when I have an injury, um, when I just feel like I can't go any further, it's, it's never about, you know, if I'm in the middle of, uh, of a half marathon and I get to mile eight and I'm like, man, I feel like garbage. It's not, okay, well, how do I go back to how I felt at like mile two or three? It's how do I get to the finish line? And it's about what can I do to get to the finish line? And I think that there's so much wisdom in that when it comes to approaching limitations, right? It's, it, it can't be about, well, how do I get back to who I was at 18, right? How do I get back to that kind of shape? But it's, how do I get into shape for who I'm going to be at, you know, 40, yeah. 50, 60, you know, how do I get into shape for who I'm going to be in the future? And I mean, you know, I know some of my goals right now are based off of a lot of records that I set for myself back when I was in high school, but mm -hmm. I'm doing it as someone who is older, I mean, older and wiser about my body. That's mm -hmm. part of the thing that I can attribute to being in this shape, but, you know, it's all in the name of moving forward. You know, I don't necessarily think back to, oh, if I could just get into like 17 year old Andrew shape with you know, 32 year old Andrew brain, I could be like the best athlete on the face of the earth. It's no, it's how can I be 32 year old Andrew and accomplish 32 year old Andrew things. And, yeah. you know, um, same, yeah. same thing for any of us in our, in our active lives. Yeah. I think the way that you're using forward is helpful, but when you first said it, move forward. I was also just thinking, well, sometimes it's not forward, right? If forward means sometimes even if forward means finishing the race or mm -hmm. getting a time or getting up to this level of whatever I'm doing by this time next year, sometimes it feels anyway, to me more like moving through or yeah, moving okay. with, yeah, good. Um, you know, like keeping going, but I heard some of that keeping going yeah. sense in towards the end of what you were saying about moving forward, because, you know, sometimes Sometimes the wise, most smart, um, active faith kind of thing to do is to stop doing the thing, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, if your foot falls off in a marathon, continuing to run on the stub of your leg is not going to be a good, <laughs> to use a really extreme, ridiculous example. I want to, I want to see forward. an example of this in real life. <laughs> that would be horrible. Um, but you know, not giving up entirely saying, um, you know, I don't know if I could finish running this race, but I could walk across the finish line. Yeah. That's a moving through a go, go, you know, continuing going, but maybe in a different manner than you expected. And some of that I think is showing up in the ways that we're experiencing church right now. or thinking yeah. about church as we were talking about before. Um, and I think we all have that opportunity because everybody, regardless of age is aging every yeah. day. Right. And we may or may not be on an up swing, uh, or a downswing in terms of time and speed and agility and all of those things. But, um, we also all will experience some kind of limit, whether that's time, ability, money, health, plague, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Well, and, and to name that, that sometimes to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use, I love that language better than the language that I brought into it to sometimes to move through means to stop. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, one of the, when, when it comes to ultra marathoning, ultra running, which is anything longer than a marathon, literally 26.3 right. miles is an ultra marathon. Um, but one of the things in ultra running is knowing when to DNF, you know, you got people who are running like 50, hundred milers. And it's like knowing when to DNF uh, because mm -hmm. it's smarter. And like, I've, I saw some people uh, this uh, we're recording this. It is uh, January 11th. This last weekend was the Walt Disney world, you know, 5k, 10k half and full mm -hmm. marathon weekend. And I had friends and uh, people on, on social media who were doing what's called the dopey challenge, which is all four races in four days. And oh I had my. someone, and I had someone who's like, I had to DNF the half and I didn't run the full. Cause I was just like, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't my weekend. And so yeah. I can admit that. And so sometimes, yeah, moving through is saying like, right now I can't, 
Like right now, for me, the best way for me to get through this is to not. And I think you named that too, right? When you were, when you had your shoulder injury, like to move forward to be like, nope, I'm just going to keep swimming. Like maybe that would be the, that would be the mentality, but to, but to move through is to like, okay, no, I need to take care of this right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that there's a lot of wisdom, but you know, I think also to name that, okay, you've named that you have a shoulder injury. And so at some point in time, like you said earlier, we need to wrestle with the grief that, okay, I can't go back to who I was before that injury happened. Right. I've learned something new about myself. I've grown, I've matured. Um, my body structure is different. I mean, any injury changes our body. And so I think that there's that wisdom in knowing and understanding how, how that is done and how we can move through to, to become a, a better person on the other end of whatever that limitation may be. And whether that's stopping and changing course uh, or whether it is, you know, powering through to try and reach whatever goal. And only we know what, how to approach that limitation. And sometimes we'll do it. Sometimes we'll do it incorrectly. You know, uh, there will be those people who will lose the foot, you know, at mile, you know, 15 (laughs) of a marathon. And they're going to be like, nope, I need to finish. I need to finish. No. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah, And 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 even, you know, during the times that I've been in physical therapy and couldn't do swimming or walking or whatever I wanted to do, the physical therapy was one, a way of being active, right? That was Mm -hmm. also my body. But I was just thinking as you were talking about, you know, the care and attention at certain times when there's a limit imposed, the word tending came up. And I definitely felt that way, especially in the long haul with the shoulder um, PT, that, you know, that was some days my activity since I couldn't do some other activities. So there was a limit in there, but there was also some, some compassion for myself and some care for my self-care, um, you know, tending the injury, but also tending what was still strong to help get it stronger and healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was one of the ways that I also tried to be, you know, there's, you, you measure progress in physical therapy also, right? Like, yeah. okay, I started you with this many sets and this many reps, and now you're going to go up and you're getting this color band now because you, it's harder to do and you're there now. So there is some of that that you can get into in physical therapy that your therapist is monitoring for you. But also it's, it's all about like trying to move from a state of injury to a state of he through through some healing to a state of wholeness or you know continued wholeness and um or at least more health than you mm-hmm. had when you in and um and learning some things right like how to how not to do this again hopefully yeah. and how to keep up you know i still do my physical therapy exercises because that's kind of my strength training now and my baseline let's make sure the parts are all working like they should be that's just i mean it's such a deep comment there's so many there's so many different layers to this i mean it's so great well let's move to these end of podcast questions let's wrap our time up here so deborah what makes you what's something you've done that's made you feel accomplished gosh there's so many things but i have to say since we're on your active faith vibe here. And I've been talking about swimming, uh, for an anniversary, a few years ago, my husband and I went to Hawaii and I connected up with an open water swimming group, um, in Hawaii. So I didn't know anyone there except through a social media group. Uh, but they invite people to come and swim with them. And I had never done any open water ocean swimming, certainly not in the Pacific, (laughs) in the, off of an Island, but I showed up and I had just done a race in, in South Carolina that was, or sorry, North Carolina, that was a couple miles long. And I knew that they swam about a mile every day. So I was like, all right, I swum more than this many, many days. And I've swum more than this in open water. I just haven't done it in an ocean, but, um, I went out with people I'd never met before who were all very safety conscious, including one retired lifeguard and swam a mile in the ocean off of Kauai. And um, at, I never before that had really understood um, serious undertow mm. <laughs> until there was this one point 
where I was swimming just as strong and hard as I had been, and we were not moving forward. <laughs> oh, wow. um, but the water was so clear that I could see the people around me. So I, uh, my my way of not panicking was to look and see the couple of swimmers who I had kind of picked out and said, if I hang with them, I will be fine. Um, and this was a no swimmer left behind kind of group. So they would not have left me out there, but I just made sure I stuck with them. And I was able to do that. And once we, once you get through that spot, there was kind of uh, a, a similar push into shore, um, which was wonderful. We got kind of a little ride coming into shore, but swimming a mile in the ocean uh, was pretty amazing. And uh, my husband was on shore taking pictures of us and we looked way smaller and further away <laughs> in the pictures than I thought that we were. So the whole thing made me feel kind of badass. So yeah, that was an accomplishment for me. So who do you go to when life gets tough? Other, I will say other than the uh, obvious answer of God, who do you go to when life gets tough? Um, my husband is definitely, um, you know, number one on speed dial and, and other friends and family. I will say one of the, the groups that's been helpful to me uh, in an informal way and a slightly more formal way um, this last year, uh, informal for many years, are some clergy colleagues in our conference. And I just was really feeling for myself, but also just in the mood and the vibe of, of the church and among our colleagues, uh, some languishing. And so I said, y'all, can we just get together, even if it's only on Zoom every once in a while? And I'm calling it Clergy Survival Club. And <laughs> one person uh, who I mentioned this to said, well, I, that sounds good, but can't it be thrive? Can't it be? And I was like, you know, uh, it, it might be. That's good too. There's, I don't have anything against thriving, but actually right now it feels like a matter of survival to just be with people and to be able to say what we need to say and to yeah. say something like this seems like a matter of survival. So um, that's been a group too. That's been helpful to me. And then aside from physical activity, what are some other ways that you practice self-care? Um. Probably the top two, on which on a good day I do both of, um, is morning coffee quiet time outside if I can on my front porch if it's not too cold or wet or hot or gross. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the other one is really sort of another angle on the limits thing. It's stopping. Mm. So whether that means a Sabbath day or just stopping when there's enough work uh, for that day when and saying the rest can wait and having time on my own and time to get active and time with family um so that's that's a that's a big one it's knowing when to stop not just when to start i thought you were going to stop that first one with coffee <laughs> <laughs> there is coffee there's lots the of coffee and self-care no yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, what a wonderful conversation we had today. Um, uh, as always, you know, I will make sure that Deborah's info is in the show notes. And, you know, she's another one who is in our active faith community on Facebook. So join us over there. What a wonderful conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us, Deborah. Thanks, Andrew. What a great episode we had this week with Deborah Lewis. Oh my gosh, she uh, just had such a wealth of knowledge. Her journey through uh, her shoulder injury, through her ankle injury, just talking about the limitations that she had, how she worked through them, how she has come out on the other end and is now doing some awesome and amazing things. I cannot wait to see the work that Deborah continues to do as she moves into the future with her swimming. I, I can't wait to see her do another open water swim. It's going to be so awesome. And I know she's learned so much about herself in this process. And hopefully you learned a little bit about yourself as well as you are unpacking this theology of self-care that you begin to see that when we have limitations in front of us, there is that inward inventory that we can do to help us to understand, okay, what kind of limitation is this? Is this something that is going to be a full stop? Or is this something that is going to stop me for a little while? Is this something that I need to work through? These are going to be the
the things that we wrestle with. And as Deborah and I talked about, not just in our manner of physical activity, but there are so many ways in which this can help to feed the other parts of our lives. And so it is so awesome to be able to hear these kinds of stories as we ourselves begin to develop. And I think you saw in the conversation us developing theology right as we were doing things, as we were talking about self-care. So we are doing it in the midst of this podcast. Hopefully you are doing it in your time as you're listening and reflecting on it. A reminder that there's going to be a reflection post in our Active Faith community, in our Facebook group. So if you have not joined our Facebook group, make sure you follow the link that's in the show notes to our Facebook group. Join. Don't worry. There's just a couple of questions. There's one question you have to answer. Uh, we let everybody in. We are an inclusive community, and we have a, 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 a thoughts post for each Wednesday that you can reflect on things that stood out to you, things that you learned, things that you're taking with you. So go. Uh, we invite you to join that community community. Uh, Join us on the Active Faith Pod Instagram and Facebook pages. I'm starting to do a little bit more of social media interaction over there, including a video every Monday of a Monday motivation, something that has motivated me in the last week. And so make sure you go and check those out. Uh, Make sure you like and follow us over on those pages. Make sure you like and follow this podcast, friends. That is the easiest way to make sure when I release new episodes that they automatically show up in your podcast feed. Uh, We are on all the major podcasting platforms. If we're not on one, just message me. Let me know. I'll see if I can get us on there. Um, But we are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Uh, I mean, we're just, I'm on pretty much everything. So find us where uh, you get your podcast. Let me know if you need help with that. Uh, and then also, like if you wouldn't mind, just I, I know not everybody has it, but but just go to one of the podcasting apps that does rating and reviews. I would love it. It would be so great if you would leave a rating and review for this podcast. Tell me how much you're loving it. Tell, tell me how I can do things better. Uh, let me know what you're loving. Uh, if you have guest suggestions for people you want on, I've, I've got a, a, a full schedule coming up, but I always have room and I've got a list of people that I want to get on this show. So let me know. Uh, rate and review, like and follow. Lastly, and, and really just the greatest thing is just share it with others. If you could just take the time uh, the from the from the podcast page on Facebook and Instagram and just hit that share button, share it in your stories, share it on your Facebook page. Let others know about this podcast. If you think there's someone that you know would get a lot from this episode or from another episode, or, or just share it to your page in general. Friends, I, I would be so grateful I I, I love these stories and I love that they're getting out there. And and I just want to share these stories with other people so that they can hear. This is not a podcast that is just for clergy, but this is a podcast that's for everyone. We can all learn about self-care. And so I would love it if you would share with a friend, invite them to listen, invite them into this community so that we can learn and grow and develop this theology together. Now may God bless each of us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.